I am so excited to be here with you this morning. Hey, my name is Adam, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who has struggled with many things, but with struggle with food, anxiety, alcohol, drugs, sex addiction, fear, depression, and speaking in front of people. So praise God that I'm here today. And I want to share just a quick dream that I had. Um, I was going to be preaching on Thursday night, and so I ha- my dream happened about Tuesday night when I was sleeping, and my dream was is that I was working here on Thursday afternoon, and as I, as I uh, knew I was going to preach Thursday night, I, I went home to do a couple things in the yard, and then I found a couple more things to do in the yard, and next thing you know, I looked down at my watch, and I was like, oh, it's 7 o'clock. I'm the one supposed to be preaching, and church starts at 6.30, so I didn't call, or I, in my dream, I didn't call, or I didn't show up, and so the, the next morning, I walk into the church, and Steve Allen and Dan are sitting there having a conversation, and I'm just like, oh man, and as I walk in, Steve Allen says, in the 37 years of ministry, I have never, that I've done, I've never had somebody not call and not show up when they're supposed to be preaching. You hang your head like this, and so uh, needless to say, on Thursday afternoon, I did not go home and do any yard work. I just stayed here so I would make sure that I would be on the stage this morning. But you know, I'm so excited to be in this sermon series called I Love My Church. And Eric and Tyler did such an amazing job last week talking about next gen. And I know Steve Allen's going to do just a fabulous job next week talking about local outreach. But this weekend, I get the special privilege of sharing with you about the recovery ministries here at Valley Real Life. And as we're approaching nearly uh, our two-year anniversary here from launching our recovery ministries, we're nearing 200 people weekly attending some sort of recovery here at Valley Real Life. And you know, it's a, it's a complete act. It's a complete act of God. And one of my friends said, if you can explain how it happened... God didn't do it. And that's so true that we can't explain how it ha- happened, but God is doing a mighty work. And all of these people may be a part of Celebrate Recovery or Pure Desire or food groups or Savinon, Divorce Care, Grief Share. And I will explain a little bit more about these in a bit, but we just want this to be a place where people can come and find healing for whatever they are going through. And so I thought no better way than to start with the story. And so this one time when Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals, in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate there was a pool which was called Bethesda. And around this pool there were five covered porches. And this is where the blind and the lame and the hopeless used to hang out, hoping to be healed. And when the waters were stirred, the first one into the pool was healed. And there was a man there who had been there for 38 years waiting for his opportunity to be healed. And and when Jesus found that he had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus walked up to him and he said, do you want to get well? And the man replied to Jesus, he said, well, when when, when the water is stirred, I have no one to help me into the pool. And And someone always goes down in front of me. And Jesus told him, well, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. And he picked up his mat and walked. But the Jewish leaders, the the day that he he was healed, it was on the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders forbid him to carry his mat. And they said, who is the man who had healed you? But he didn't know because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. And so later, Jesus found him in the temple, though, and had a conversation with him. He said, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. 
And then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this morning, I want to unpack this scripture a bit because I want to suggest that each of us are somewhat like the man in the pool. And I know that on Sunday mornings, we all walk in here and, we're, and we have no issues. We're high-fiving one another. We're doing perfect. We're hugging everyone. But I know that when we leave here, life happens. Mondays roll around. And maybe our lives aren't as perfect as we proclaim them to be on Sunday morning. I know that my life, when I go home, after my kids have maybe driven my wife a little bit crazy while I'm at church, my life and the perfect experience that I experienced here changes. Life happens. And everything changes. And so I want to suggest that most of us or all of us can relate or somewhat like this man at the pool. You see, this man needed something more than himself. He needed a savior. He needed someone to help him into the pool. He needed someone to help him into the waters. And as we talk about the recovery ministries here at Valley Real Life, that's what recovery is all about. It's having someone to help us into the pool, having someone to walk alongside us in the journey of life. But isn't it amazing that I've found that so many people don't like the word recovery. People think about the word recovery and they think about, well, it's only those people who struggle with alcohol or drugs. But actually... 67% of people are in recovery for something other than alcohol or drugs. And maybe you can relate to some of these, but people are in recovery for things like abandonment, abuse, anger, anxiety, betrayal, codependency, critical spirit, depression, divorce, eating disorders, family problems, fear, gambling, grief, loss, guilt, insecurity, internet, job loss, low self-esteem, lying, need to control, nicotine, overspending, people-pleasing, perfectionism, pornography, pride, PTSD, relationships, sexual addiction, shame, sickness, shopping, stealing, stress, and workaholism, just to name a few. Can you relate to any of those? You belong. Celebrate Recovery is is a place where people can come and find healing for any of those things. We actually have thought about changing the name of our recovery program to just celebrate. Celebrate what God is doing in our lives and celebrate his goodness. Celebrate the transformation he gives us. Oh, come let us worship the king. Amen? And that's all that Celebrate Recovery is, is another worship service on Monday nights where people have been through something and they want to find healing. You know, I was just talking to a newer lady who's been attending Celebrate Recovery, and she was sharing with me just how amazing the worship is. This worship team that you saw this morning, that's the recovery worship team. Praise God. And you're going to get to see more of that worship team later today. But she was also sharing with me just how real the stories are and what a great impact that it's making in her life. You see, if you want to see God move in amazing ways, come and visit us on Monday night. And so I want to unpack this story. And the story happens in John chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 5, and we're going to unpack verse 1 through 15. If you have your YouVersion Bible app, you can open that, or we have free Bibles in the back. It's our gift to you. But I'm going to start reading John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is 
which is called Bethesda and surrounded by five covered porches. And here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Can you imagine this place? This is a place where the brokenhearted and the hopeless would hang out. This is a place where people would go to try to find hope. People would gather, hoping to be healed. They would come and hang out and they would wait for the waters to be stirred. And imagine, if you will with me for a minute, what it must have been like waiting and hoping for your opportunity. And when the waters were stirred to be set free. And as the waters were stirred, it turns into a roaring competition to be the first one into the waters. This place reminds me of Celebrate Recovery, not because people are running and diving, but because it's a place where people would gather to try to find an answer, to try to find a cure. And although the atmospheres are very different, these places where people come to hang out, to fellowship, to be around positive people, and know and have faith that God is going to do something amazing, and I believe that God is going to do something amazing in this place today. Amen. Verse 5, the one who had been there had been an invalid for 38 years. Have you ever had a struggle going on in your life for a long period of time? Something that you just can't overcome by yourself? Something you can't get past? I don't know how many times in the midst of my addictions and my struggles did I say, this is the last time, only to fall back again and again and again. But you know, I always tried to do it on my own. My struggles started at a young age when I saw pornography for the first time. And then a bit later in my life, I struggled with alcohol and hopelessness set into my life, and I would drink to numb the pain that I faced every single day. I hated myself. You ever been there? How long ago? These addictions manifested in my life and grew into complete strongholds. And finally, one day I got hooked on drugs. And my hopelessness and brokenness grew larger and darker. And years went by until I reached a point of wanting to take my own life. I had waited and wandered for a long time in life. Complete desperation. Can you relate? This man in the story had been waiting for a long time to overcome his setback. He was desperate. He had been there for 38 years. And and I imagine that we can all agree that we have something going on in our lives that is keeping us from God's absolute best. So this morning, I'm going to give us four things to implement into our lives if we want to get well. Number one, surrender to God. Surrender to God. In verse six, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Yes, I want to get well. Probably my favorite verse in this whole chapter, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Are you kidding me? I've been here for 38 years. Heck yes, I want to get well. And this morning, it doesn't matter if you're struggling with the smallest pebble in your life or the largest mountain. I'm going to ask you, 
Do you want to get well? Because I know that some people say that they want to get well, but a lot of times we don't take the steps to actually make ourselves or help ourselves to actually get well. You see, this man had an opportunity when Jesus asked him if he wanted to get well. And you have an opportunity this morning. An opportunity for a new start, for a restart, to break free. An opportunity to restore your marriage, to be victorious over the things that rule in your life. You have an opportunity to choose victory over defeat in your life this morning. Amen? Amen. He says, do you want to get well? You see, Jesus is ready and willing to restore you in your life right where you are today. And as I hobbled into this faith-based treatment facility with my life as broken and as hopeless as it could be, in a room called Serenity, which was a prayer room, I cried out to the Lord. I said, God, I don't believe that you can restore my marriage. I don't believe that you can fix my life. I don't believe you can put the pieces of the puzzle back together. But Lord, if you can... I give you everything right now. I surrender all right now. And you know what's awesome is he's been restoring my life every single day since that day, including standing up here talking to you today. Praise God. And if he did it in my life, and if he did it in my life, he will do it in your life too. The best thing that I ever did in my life was finally to invest in myself, to drive the stake in the ground, to say to Satan, no more. I'm taking back from you the things that I've allowed you to have in my life. And I hope that you are willing to do the same things, however small, however large your struggle. Maybe you don't know Christ and and today it's a step of faith to make him your personal Lord and Savior and just see what he will do in your life. This morning, you're going to have an opportunity to respond and surrender whatever it is in your life that's keeping you from God's best. But I want to share a video with you from Chuck, who surrendered his life to Christ. Check this out. Hi, my name is Chuck. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with a lot of things, um, pornography, um, depression, insecurity, and uh, just overall self-esteem and God is working with me and bringing me through a whole lot. There was a time when I felt like I wanted to surrender everything to God and you know, I just said, that's what I'm gonna do. I just, I just said, God, help me to surrender everything to you. It's a battle, you know? It's not an easy thing to do when your faith is torn away from you, when you're struggling through things because you wanna go your own way and you just kind of want to recluse and you know just stay away from everything you come to realize that you need to surrender and so you say God help me to surrender I want to surrender everything that I've been doing everything the way I've been going has messed me up royally Ah man the first day I walked in to celebrate recovery was the most amazing experience I I literally sat in that service and I cried like a baby. The tears just came down and I just felt God's power. I felt His healing. After not feeling hope for so long, I felt hope. It It was the most exhilarating experience in my life. I knew that the change 
was there. I knew that God had not left me. My fears started to calm down. My anxiety started to calm down. It, it was just how God interceded, how God intervened. So much so that others see that change in my life and others tell me they see it. They, they literally will tell me there's a glow on my face. There's, there's a happiness that they have not seen on my face. And so I'm pretty thrilled with that, you know. I'm being a testimony of the power of Jesus Christ in my life and the work that Celebrate Recovery is doing in my life. Praise God for Chuck's story. So, so number one is, is surrender to God. Number two is don't go alone. Don't go alone. Verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone always goes down ahead of me. Listen, this journey of life is hard. And you cannot do it on your own. You and I need people to help us into the pool. The night before I went into my recovery facility, I told my wife, I think we should save the money because I think I can do it on my own. You know what's amazing is I tried this for 38 years, just like the man in the story, and I failed miserably. And it wasn't until I was 38 did I finally start to lower my pride and let people into my life. You see, I had to reach this place of brokenness to finally realize that I needed other people in my life. And you know what's awesome is my wife and I moved a few months ago, and we had about 30 guys helping us move. But you know what's so great about that is it's so much better having people help you move those dressers and the beds and all the heavy things rather than you carrying them by yourself and denting the sheetrock and all that kind of stuff. You know, but lower your pride. Let people into your life that are going to walk with you. Allow people into your life that are going to help you into the pool and journey with you in life. Hey, here is a video of Mary who's not going to go alone anymore. Check the screens out with me now. Before I came to Celebrate Recovery, I had tried to do it on my own. Um, because of things in my past life, Satan did use shame and guilt, and he kept me where I was at, and I covered it up with alcohol, and I never felt like I was good enough. So when I came to Celebrate Recovery, um, the love that I felt here and being able to say to Satan, I'm going to face my fear and I'm going to believe what God tells me who I am and who he created me to be because I lived my life and I never did know who God really created me to be and that I was loved. The very first time I um, attended Celebrate Recovery, um, my life was um, pretty messy at that time. I had a lot of hurt in my life. It was important to me um, during this time that I attend a group where God was in charge um, because that was important for me. I wanted to do my walk different this time and do it with the Lord. So the first time I walked in the doors I was greeted at the table I was then introduced to the leader of the women's group um, and she talked to me, just made me feel loved and really cared about. Um, I was really pretty much a mess that night, crying all the time and um, just not in a really good place. Um, the love that I felt 
at that first instance and the contact that I had the following week really um, cemented that I was going to continue to attend Celebrate Recovery. And because of where I was in my life, I just feel like I want to help other women so that they don't have to live with pain and shame and guilt, um, that they know that other believers are there for them. Praise God for Mary's story as well. I love what she talked about, about how she's, she felt so loved, and that's our goal in Celebrate Recovery is we just want to love people like Jesus would love us. So number one was surrender to God. Number two is don't go alone. Number three is do what Jesus tells you to do. Do what Jesus tells you to do. In verse eight, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. And the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. Hey, do what Jesus tells you to do, regardless of who's telling you not to. Do what Jesus tells you to do, regardless of who's telling you not to. This man's life was transformed, just like your life and my life can and will be transformed. His life was renewed after 38 years of struggle, and they worried about him carrying a mat. And like... Do, do what Jesus tells you to do. And like we say at Celebrate Recovery, we may be able to help you overcome your anger, your fear, your alcohol, whatever it might be. But if we don't point you to Christ, we've failed. Because he is the only one who can save you. You know, my grandma always used to tell me, Adam, no matter what you do, you keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter what you do, you keep your eyes on Jesus. And I remember thinking in my mind, I wish she would stop saying that to me. But you know what I learned is that she was exactly right the whole time. She knew exactly what she was talking about. Do what Jesus tells you to do. Follow him. Matthew 4.19 says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow him and he will transform your life. In verse 12, so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat? And the man had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. But later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. You see, Christ pursues us when we are at our worst, and Christ pursues us after we have been healed. He pursued this man, and then he found him in the temple, and he had a conversation with him. You see, Jesus didn't care that this man could walk. I mean, he cared, but he didn't really care. Jesus wanted something more eternal. Jesus wanted his heart. And he wants your heart and my heart as well. He said, turn from that old life. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. I never want to return to my old way of life. As I look back, what a miserable way to live. I want to live the rest of my life doing what Jesus tells me to do. Because it says in Isaiah that his ways are higher than my ways. And his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So I want to do what Jesus tells me to do. And I hope you will too. I want to share a video of Jeff who is doing what Jesus tells you to do. Take a look at the screen now. I was a loner for decades and I was a self-sustained man 
and very pride, prideful, very arrogant. And uh, like I said, a Pharisee. I was uh, good at teaching things, but I wasn't good at applying them into my own life. The first time I walked in to celebrate recovery, I was a very broken man. I was about as broken as anybody could, could be. I was just a crying mess. I cried continuously. Actually, I cried for the first month, if you recall, every, every Monday at Celebrate Recovery. I was in a position where I needed loving. I was in a position where I needed the friendship. And uh, you and the people, the leaders at Celebrate Recovery came in there and just loved on me. And that's what I needed, and that started my healing process. Funny how God can take somebody that's full of pride, full of arrogance, and break them down, and then rebuild them without this, the pride and arrogance, and then have them be stronger with a proper foundation, not as pride or self as the foundation which I had. But I quit being judgmental, I quit being critical, I quit being negative, and uh, God's love and mercy went from my head into my heart. And that, you know, I was never like that before. I was very critical and negative. And God's done an amazing work in my life through Celebrate Recovery and Valley Real Life. A moment in my journey where I can look back and say I've changed, that happened when other people started coming up to me and telling me, Jeff, I can see the fire in your eyes. And a week later, I saw somebody, somebody came up to me and said, Jeff, I can see the fire dancing in your eyes. Another person a couple weeks later came up to me and said, Jeff, the crease has gone from your forehead. This is somebody I've known for over 20 years. And I said, I didn't know I had a crease in my forehead. And she said, yes, you've had a crease in your forehead for 20 years, I've seen it. And it's gone, I can see the joy in your life. And so I guess that's when I started looking back and saying, you know, God is doing work in my life. It's nothing I've done. I'm just participating, I'm being a vessel. And God is doing a work in my life, you know, putting that fire back in my life, putting that peace in my life where I never had it before and putting the joy back in my life. And I can tell it, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I, I have, uh, you know, I have a bright future ahead of me instead of just a gray cloud hanging over me like I used to. And it's absolutely a wonderful life here at Valley Real Life and Celebrate Recovery. Praise God for Jeff. And actually, Jeff will be sharing his testimony of what God's done in his life tomorrow night at Celebrate Recovery, which is going to be awesome. So, hey, number one was surrender to God. Number two is don't go alone. Number three is do what Jesus tells you to do. And the last one, number four, is share your story with others. In the last verse, verse 15, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. You want to see transformation in the, in the church and in our community. Share what Jesus has done in your life. Share your testimony. There is great power in your testimony. In Celebrate Recovery, we share a testimony of someone different every other week. And this is a story of someone's life that has been completely transformed. And when we share our stories, it not only helps us in our faith journey, but it also gives hope to other people. It allows other people to feel as if they are not alone in their journey. Share your story of what God's done in your life every single chance you get. And I want to invite you to come and hear the amazing testimonies and the stories that God is doing right here at Celebrate Recovery, right in Valley Real Life, inside of these walls. Check it out and your life will be changed as well. So maybe you're a guy and you've, you've struggled with pornography or unfaithfulness and today you're going to make a stand and you're going to say that I'm going to get into a pure desire group. Pure desire saved my life and my marriage. And you're saying maybe, hey, I'm not going to allow this secret to go on any longer. Maybe you're a woman on the flip side of that and your husband has struggled with pornography and you need healing from that. I'm happy to say that in September we are launching Betrayal and Beyond right here at Valley Real Life. 
Maybe today you've been through a divorce or you're separated and you're struggling in your marriage and you need healing from that. On September 9th, we'll be launching Divorce Care here at Valley Real Life. Maybe you've lost a loved one and are grieving from that loss and you need healing. We have Grief Share that will be starting September 9th as well. Maybe you have a hurt, habit, or hang-up like we all do. And today you're going to decide that you're going to check out Celebrate Recovery and give it a try on Monday nights and just see what God will do in your life. You know, as Valley Real Life and the recovery ministries here, we want to support you in any way that we possibly can. We have food groups for people who struggle with food. We have Savanon for sexually abused victims. If you need more information about these, please go to the connecting point or check it out at vrl.church. You can also find out what's going on in the recovery ministry uh, on, our, on our Facebook page at Recovery Ministries at Valley Real Life. We are here and want to help you. So this morning, as we close, I want us to reflect and think about what is it in your life that's keeping you from God's best? What is it in your life that's hindering your walk with Christ? What is keeping you from getting into the pool? See, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Let this morning be a statement to Satan that I'm taking back the things that I allowed you to have in my life. I'm going to surrender to God. I'm not going to go alone. I'm going to do what Jesus tells me to do. And watch out, Satan, because I'm going to share my story with others. I'm going to do the things in my life that God wants me to do. I'm going to invest in myself because God says that I'm worthy. I'm going to fight for who I am because God says that I'm chosen. I'm going to smile because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to overcome these things because God says that I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? You see, the man at the pool, all that Jesus wanted was his heart. And all that Jesus wants this morning is your heart. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity this morning. Father, to share what you're doing inside this place and in your church. Father, this morning as we, as we speak, God, I pray, Lord, that you have spoken to every single heart in this room. And Lord, as the worship team comes, Father, I pray, Lord, for courage in this place right now. God, I pray for courage in this place in every single person's heart in this room right now. And Lord, as we give a people an opportunity to surrender something to you, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to lower their pride and come forward and give whatever it is in their life to you. God, it's not about any one of us. It's about you. And Lord, we, we love you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.